You're listening to 90% Mental, Conversations with Grant Parr, Episode 149. Today, mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with United States Olympic boxer Charlie Sheehy to talk about his journey and his path to the Olympic ring. Charlie attributes his success to a strong support system, mental toughness, and committing to a consistent meditation and visualization routine. Keep your eye out for this champion as he pursues the gold medal in the 2021 Summer Olympics. What would more wins, higher productivity, or quicker recovery mean for you? NeuroPeak Pro optimizes human performance by working to promote balance within the autonomic nervous system. Used by the world's elite athletes, this training program is now available to you at home. Cutting-edge neuroscience and technology allows you to strengthen your brain remotely anytime, anywhere. Schedule your evaluation and get started with your brain training today. Visit NeuroPeak Pro and receive a 10% discount by using the promo code GRANTPAR. Hey, Charlie, how are you? What's going on, Grant? Thanks for having me on the show. You bet, man. You know, it's... Uh... It's been a long time. We've, we've been talking about getting you on this show for a long time and uh, not only working with you, but seeing you progress as a boxer has been incredible. And so today we're, I'm really excited to share with everybody your story, um, just your journey as a boxer, what you've done and all the things you have done to, to earn to be a part of the USA national boxing team. So, and, and also share your mindset too, because we all know this people that are very close to you, you are reserved, but man, there's there's a fighter, there's a tiger in there, and I can't wait to share everybody uh, kind of what your mindset's all about. So as I know, and I've seen um, over time, how mentally tough you are, man, you're, the way you move, the way you take hits, the way you jab, man, you know, that nasty jab that you have, mm -hmm. um, you just shown a lot of mental toughness. So when you think about being mentally tough, what does that mean to you? I feel like mentally tough's just all in your mind like as long as you believe that you can do it you can go out and make it happen and you just gotta keep telling yourself positive stuff and stay away from all the negatives totally and your mind could take you places you never thought that you could go well i love that because uh it's about talking to it right i mean when you're when you're dealing with adverse situations or you're dealing with a big fight or the rounds getting really tough it's not about listening or feeling it's about like talking to it like telling yourself because uh, you know this once you start hearing that shit man it, you can turn off real quick and right. you know when you think about your whole career I mean you've been you've been boxing for years since you were a little kid and I know that there's tons of championships you've won uh, there's tons of incredible fights that you were that you were in but can you go just reflect on your career can you go to that one fight or that one moment in your career where you had to be mentally tough, where you had to not listen to your thoughts, but like talk and get into control and just fight through it? I'd have to go with my very first uh, international fight without headgear. It was in Canada and it was against the Canadian team too. And there's like ring entrances. There was like a huge crowd, like big TVs, uh, showing like the replays and stuff and that was like my first time being in like a situation like that where like the whole crowd's going for the other guy and uh, I just remember like just 
like talking to myself and staying in my zone like the whole way not letting the crowd get to me and uh just staying focused and I went out there and actually had one of my best performances and got the win against him. Wow. You know, I don't care what sport you are, but I've seen this a lot um, where athletes, they're, they're putting in an environment for the first time like that, where they haven't really practiced that environment. So you can either, you can either get in that situation and let that drain your energy, get you out of focus, get scared, get fearful, get worried, all that stuff. Or you can actually stay present like you did, but you can use that energy. You can use all that excitement. Is is that fair to say what, what you did is even though it was all new and foreign to you, but like you were like more like, all right, this um this is it. This is this is my moment. Yeah, I feel I feel like my uh coach Miguel trained me very well for moments like that. Cause he he'd always tell me before fights, like, don't pay attention to anybody on the outside, just focus on your job. So, like, even though he wasn't there, I still think about, like, what he'd be telling me before a fight. And uh, I just used that and went in there and had to do my job. Yeah. And we're going to talk about Coach Miguel because uh, not only is he – I know he's been very instrumental throughout your whole career. Um, he's just a special person. So we're going to talk right. about a little bit how he's, how he's supported you and, and, and developed you as a boxer. But let's – We'll probably start talking about him in a second because I want to go back because uh, it's your story is, is so incredible. And it started very, very, very young when you started getting into this uh, sport. So when you go back, like back to the very beginning, you were very young. So what what motivated you to, to become a boxer and then also stay a boxer after all these years? When I first started um it was like new because I was so used to having team sports, but like I would get very, really frustrated as a kid because I was just far more athletic than most of my peers. And uh, I hated losing like, so, but we were like, un, we were always like undefeated, uh, like through team sports, through elementary. And then when I came into boxing, I actually lost my first two fights. And I remember uh, like, even as a kid, like telling myself, like, it was like the first time I like self-doubted myself. I was like, man, if I lose another fight, I'm not doing this no more. But then from that moment, like, it just started to click for me. Like, uh, I got the hang of like how boxing worked and how the sport worked and how to win. And I just went on a winning spree and I ended up uh, going to my first national tournament. I was like 65 pounds fought every day and I won the whole thing. Once I got that first belt, I knew that this was for me. Wow. And how old were you when you, when you, when you had those couple losses in a row, how old were you? I was nine years old. Wow. <laughs> so at, at, at a young age, you, you learned how to deal with losing and yeah, yeah it's, it's incredible. And I think how, what is your relationship with losing now? Um, Obviously, you don't lose that much, but when you do, does it motivate you? Do, do, what does it do to you, and how do you actually overcome some of those losses? You just got to take it as a lesson, take it on the chin. You can't let it beat you up. So just I've watched like all my films and see what I can improve on. And even if I feel like the decision went my way, like there's a reason why the judges didn't give it to me, and I got to make sure I correct those mistakes. Wow. Man, it's, 
uh, it's music to my ears when I when I hear that. And I know that we've done a lot of work together, but it's, you know, a lot of people when they look at a loss, it's a failure. And you, you just said it right there. It's just a lesson. Uh, sure, it's emotional. You're human. But the fact mm-hmm. that you are you you take it as as a lesson now, kind of having that that train of thought, how has has Coach Miguel, has he been that mentor to to, to keep you focused on the lesson of the loss? Has he been helpful in that way? Uh, yeah, like usually when I have like a tough loss or like a decision that doesn't go my way, he, he's never really been that hard on me about it. He actually, I feel like he gets more mad about me when I win than <laughs> when the losses. He, uh, like when we take a tough L, like we'll just talk about it and uh, we'll go to the gym and we'll try and fix what we did wrong and come back and make sure that we don't make those same mistakes. And when we think about our coaches, our mentors, and he's been with you the whole way um, from beginning to now. And, um, and I know that I've had incredible coaches and they, they've been more than just coaches. And so there's some of them I, I can describe um, what they mean to me. So, you know, for the people that, that are listening right now that haven't seen or met Coach Miguel, because he's awesome, how would you describe Coach Miguel as your coach? I mean, at this point, he's like, I'd consider him my father. Like he's way more than a coach to me. Calls me like every day, make sure like I'm doing my thing. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's just been with me my whole career. I've learned a lot from him, just more than boxing, like just in life in general. Beautiful, beautiful. So earlier you talked about that, that mental, mentally tough moment, that first, um, about where you were in Canada um, when you had no headgear. And so the, I understand that was like a very like mentally tough moment for you. But out of all the fights and out of all the championships and belts you've won, what has been like the most memorable fight that you've been in? Mm, I'd probably say that one too, honestly. That one? Just okay. No headgear. Like uh, I wasn't sure like how, how I was going to like it. And uh yeah, it was just like it was just a crazy experience. Like that kind of atmosphere I was in with like seeing the replays, like in between rounds. Like I remember when my coach was giving me instructions, I was like watching to see like if I was looking good and stuff. So yeah. <laughs> and what do you think? What's your hardest fight? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if there's like a sp- specific uh, like hardest fight. I'd probably say, like, usually the hard ones are, like, the ones that have, like, a big, how do you say it, like, uh, like, ones that, like, you need to win, like, to, like, you need to win this fight to, like, qualify for the trials or something like that, or, like, qualify to make it to the nationals. I'd say those are, like, the more mentally hard fights. Yeah, the ones that have more stake to it. Yeah, a lot of pressure. Has there ever been a fight though where um, call it a loss, but where you where it kind of hung out with you for a while? Like it took a while for you to get over. Or do you pretty are you pretty good with like you're with it for 24 hours and you move on to to the next training session or the next next bout? Like does it stay with you long or are you pretty good letting it go pretty quick? Uh, usually I I'm able to let it go, but the one uh, at the trials and the semis that would have actually put me uh, on the Olympic team right away. 
that one kind of stuck with me because I really felt like I should have won that fight and I should have been able to compete to become number one sooner. You know, and I want to get into more of your mindset and your training, your mindset as well, some of the work that we've done. But I think since we're talking about that, that experience, it might be a a good place for, for you to kind of share, you know, the journey, like it's not easy to, to make it on any, you know, Olympic team. And I would just in a, in a short way, just share with my (coughs) listeners what you had to go through with competing at the trials, you know, not, not winning at the trials. And then all the things that happened after that, that has led you back on the team. So share, share with the, my listeners kind of that, that journey. Okay. So, uh, in December, 2019 uh i placed third at the trials and the the next step was the 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 finalists at the trials uh they have a camp in january and then a tournament in bulgaria and they're evaluated and whoever pretty much whoever the coaches feel like uh did better and who they like more uh become the members of the qualification team then the number twos would be the alternates so the initial number two in my weight class had dropped out right before that tournament in Bulgaria, but it was too late for me to, to come in and join. So I got called in as an alternate uh, right away instead of having a chance to compete for that spot. So then I was in, I started going to camp with them from like February to March when like COVID-19 uh, hit. And we all got, we were actually in camp when that happened and we all got sent home. And at that time, we, like, all of boxing was shut down. So I didn't really know, like, what uh, my future had in store. I remember uh, when I came home, it was just, my coaches said, uh, take a couple weeks off because all the gyms were shut down. We weren't sure, like, what was going to happen. And I just remember I had like one of those moments, like uh, I remember when me and you talked about like making things happen and not waiting around for opportunities. So I just came up with my own uh, training regimen and I'll just wake up every morning doing lots of runs and sprints and uh, doing like old school strength and conditioning with sit-ups and push-ups. I had this old bag that you fill up uh, you fill the bottom up with water so it stands up and it was all ripped up. And so I just, I just take the whole thing up and I would just hit it in my backyard. And, um, two of my cousins, younger cousins that live next door, I would just have them come over in my backyard and put the gloves on and throw punches at me to keep me sharp. Cool. Cause I just, I had a feeling that eventually I was going to get a call. I wasn't sure if it was going to be to turn pro or, to come back in the camp with Team USA. So I just had to make sure that I was ready for whatever was coming my way. And then eventually I got that call to come in the camp in June with Team USA back to Colorado Springs. And then from there, it just it just took off for me. You know, two things. And man, like I've been preaching this through the whole pandemic with athletes is that you got to do all the hard work in the dark so you can shine the light because you don't know when the light's going to be shine on you whether it is the pandemic or just in general 
And we've got to stay connected to our crafts because we don't know. We have to be ready and stay stay ready. And that's what you did. And I, I get excited to hear that. So that, that that's incredible because I know there's a lot of athletes that didn't take that route. Now, right. when you got that call, right? So you've stayed ready. You've, you know, you did everything you can within your power. You can control the controllables and you get that call to be on the national team. What was that like? Well, that call, that call wasn't to be on the national team. That call was just to come back in the camp. So like, I was pretty excited for that. And I actually got to camp. The camp was only for the number ones, but the number one in my weight class didn't show up. So that's why I was called in. And, uh, like as soon as I like got here and I found that out, I was like, Oh, like now's my time to like really show these coaches, uh, like what I'm capable of. And I was just, I came in, like I was already in shape because I was doing all that work back home. So I came here and I was crushing all the workouts and I feel like, uh, I really opened their eyes. And then the next camp was the same thing. The number one in my weight class didn't show up and, the more he wasn't showing up, it was just giving me more opportunities. And then uh, eventually got to December. And then December, uh, Christmas Eve morning, actually, I got the call to that I was uh, on the team. And it was just like, man, like, like at that moment, it was just like I thought back to, like, how I did, uh, how I was training myself and, how I did all that stuff and how it, it all just came full circle, how you really get what you give to this sport. Talk about a Christmas present, right? Right. <laughs> now I'm, I'm going to, instead of asking you what your strengths are as, as a boxer, um, I'm going to kind of reword this question. So if your opponent, any opponent is reading a scouting report on Charlie Sheehy, what do you think they would read? I think they would say that he's really good at using his feet. His jab's really good. We got to stay away from that. And we can't give him time to think. We got to stay on him and, uh, yeah, just make it rough for him. Just so my listeners, if you haven't seen Charlie fight, his jab, not only on video, is incredible, but in person, it's it's vicious. And uh, so, I mean – I think I had a name for it back in the day. Uh, I think it was called Nasty or something like that. But, um, man, it's, it's, it's quite a punch. Now, you know, you've been boxing since you were a little kid. Have you always had this Olympic dream? Has it, or has it developed over time as you've gotten older? Yeah, once I started uh, competing and, like, taking it serious, so pretty much, like, at the young age, uh, yeah, it was it was a dream from the beginning. My my coach always like set the plan like it was always Olympics and then turn pro and become world champion. So the Olympics has been a goal of mine since I started. And since you've been on the team officially, how much do you think about winning the gold and representing your country, or is it more like you're just staying steady and just focusing on the process? Uh, I think about it like every day, just (laughs) competing and having the USA on my back and winning it. Now, you know, obviously we've done some work in the past uh, to develop your mindset. Um, What are some of the things that you've done differently 
um, in the past couple of years to, 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 to strengthen your mindset, to visualize your success? What are, what are some of the things you've done? Um, so back when uh, I started working on you on uh, mental performance, I worked a lot on visualization and meditation and uh, like more talking to myself, like in moments where I feel like things start to get tough. So, uh, and that's, it's helped me a lot, like during training, like when I'm starting to feel tired, like just giving myself a little boost, like, come on, come on, let's keep going. (laughs) Just right. All that's been taking me to the next level. It's all about that one word, right? Just to keep, keep going, man. Now, um, before we, we kind of close up here, you know, I, I always, you know, not only being an athlete, being a coach and then working with athletes, I always love watching what people do to get prepared. Um, like the day of an hour before. And I remember the first time I was working with you and at the Olympic club, we were, when you're fighting that night, I would just, I was looking at all the things that you were doing to get yourself prepared. And a lot of people have different perspectives, you know, just doing a few warmups and relaxing, saving their energy. And you did a lot, but you didn't do a lot of like pushing on energy. You're doing a lot of rhythm stuff. Walk, not only walk my listeners into how you get prepared before you get into the ring when you walk down that aisle, but what's going through your mind? I'm just, I'm usually like super anxious, but I just try to keep myself calm and like talk to myself and take slow deep breaths and pretty much just save all that energy for the fight. So I, I put my music in and just kind of try to zone myself out and uh, pump myself up on the inside. And then once that bell rings, let it all out. What kind of music do you, uh, do you bump in your earphones? Uh, rap. <laughs> okay. What, what artists? I know you listen to a few different ones. What, what's your favorite? Uh, I listen to a lot of Lil Baby, Roddy Rich, um, and then some of the Bay Area rappers like Lil Bean and Yada. Awesome. Now, it's, it's interesting. Obviously, you're going to be representing the country, USA. But is there a part of you uh, that you're proud to represent the Bay Area? Yeah, for sure. I have the chance to be the first Olympian since Andre Ward. And uh, he was uh, out of Oakland, and now uh, San Francisco is going to have one in me. I love it, man. I love it. Now, is Andre Ward, is he your, your, your favorite boxer, or was there somebody else um, you know, before you that, that you look up to? Mayweather was my favorite boxer. He was, a, he was the first person I watched, and just the way he was able to make people miss and, and hit them without getting touched, like, that really stuck with me as a kid, but I really do like Andre Ward too. He's, he's one of my top guys. Now, a couple questions before we close up here. Now, obviously coach Miguel has been really instrumental um, in supporting you, but I know that there's other people outside of coach that's helped you. Who, who are some of those people that have helped you along, along the way on this journey? Definitely like my mom and my sisters, they've, uh, supported me and they've uh helped me keep my uh chase my dreams and keep my dreams alive and then uh i gotta give a shout out to uh mike basil and bruno they uh 
they really took me in as a I think I was like 16, 17, and they took me in with a lot of strength training and bringing me along and allowing me to train alongside of a lot of top level pros and let me get a look at what it's like to be at the top of the level of the pro game. And I learned a lot from them too. And then when you reflect on your whole career up until this point, up until today, what do you think you've learned the most about yourself? I just learned like how like tough I really am. Mm. Like as a kid, like uh, you know, I always I always considered myself to be like a, a tough kid, but I feel like boxing really pushed me to my limits and it showed me all my uh it it took me to my lowest, but it's also brought me to my highs. All right, Charlie, man. I again I I can share your story and talk to you for hours. Um and I, I'm so excited for you, man, and being a part of your journey and helping you and, and seeing you grow uh, has been um, it's been an honor. And I can't wait to the summer to see you do your thing and represent the Bay Area, the country, your family, coach. So, man, um, man, I, I'm going to be rooting for you all the way, man. And, and I appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you. Thanks for having me.